What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer, and this is Squawk Pod. Near miss. Failed Silicon Valley Bank. The second largest failure in U.S. banking history. A crisis averted, but is it mission accomplished? Regulators sweep in to contain a financial crisis. Two banks closed, another recapitalized, and all uninsured deposits guaranteed across the banking system. The second time in 20 years. The failure of once obscure Silicon Valley Bank, the scramble from top names in tech, and the 11th hour government save. If this bank, SVB, had been some bank you'd never heard of in the middle of nowhere that didn't have clients like Peter Thiel and David Sachs screaming from the rooftops on Twitter, I don't believe that people would have said it was systemic. Alexis Ohanian, Reddit co-founder and venture capitalist, on his exposure to the bank collapse and social media's role in the panic. There's a responsibility borne by every one of us, uh, especially those of us who have platforms of influence. And a void for founders and their funds. What are entrepreneurs supposed to do now? For these early stage companies, they need a place to bank, and the big four aren't going to be a home for those companies. Plus, we'll speak to one founder who scrambled this weekend to scrounge up cash, Camp's Ben Kaufman. The situation was hard for people like us. I, again, I'm not a banking expert. I'm not even a finance person. I'm, I'm a creative that builds things. It's Monday, March 13th, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. What a weekend. In a scene that harkens back to the great financial crisis of 15 years ago, the U.S. government has stepped in and backstopped both depositors and financial institutions associated with the failed Silicon Valley Bank, a primary lender and provider of financial services for many startup companies. The Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, and the FDIC moved to secure all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank, no matter the size of their funds, so well above the normally insured limit of $250,000 per account. Young and still building companies that may have spent the last few days worrying about making payroll or writing checks they can't cover, now that's all okay. Federal agencies stepped in to stem a growing crisis. The Fed created a separate lending facility that will provide loans for up to a year to make more funds available to meet demands for withdrawals and prevent any potential runs on other banks. Regulators also took control of New York-based Signature Bank. It is one of the banks regularly used by cryptocurrency companies. Depositors there will be protected. President Biden, while careful to not call this a bailout, said this move was critically important. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. The president reiterated no losses from the failed banks would be covered by U.S. taxpayers. The money would come from the fees that banks pay into the Federal Deposit Insurance Fund. Every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. 
And Regional Bank First Republic is getting additional funding from the Fed and from JP Morgan. $70 billion in liquidity added to shore up its finances. Longtime market followers may remember the role that JP Morgan played in the run up to the 2008 financial crisis, acquiring the assets of Bear Stearns in what was basically a fire sale about six months before the onslaught of the market crisis that fall. And around the world, HSBC announcing that it is buying SVB's UK subsidiary. The Bank of England helped put that deal together, and that will protect the deposits of UK clients to Silicon Valley Bank. So after this too short weekend, we even lost an hour, remember? Wall Street woke up Monday wondering, did we dodge the bullet? Our anchors today, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin, who started bright and early with big questions. Meanwhile, Steve Leisman, who does I'm here. A, you don't need a proper introduction, but you get one. Thank uh, you, sir. Is here this morning, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you uh, after what was a wild one. I know you were working the phones for the last Yeah, it wasn't hours, a short weekend. Hours. It was no weekend. No weekend. I don't think for but, any of us. Th- and that, that, that's what I want to start with, uh, uh, Andrew, because it was a weekend reminiscent of those troubling times of the great financial crisis. Regulators scrambling this weekend to shore up a fragile banking system, taking several historic steps. steps. The question is whether they succeeded. The failure Friday of Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest failure in U.S. banking history, and what some would call the first bank run in the digital age created the risk of a broader run on small banks throughout the country and that companies with their money in SVB wouldn't be able to open up this morning, make payroll and otherwise operate. Looks like now as if none of that is going to happen in response to all this officials over the weekend. Guaranteed deposits at SVB shut down Signature Bank, a small crypto related bank here in New York, guaranteed all uninsured deposits around the country for, I believe, the second time in 20 years, created a new fund to finance bank assets at the Federal Reserve and ease lending standards at the Federal Reserve's emergency discount window. Officials said they took these steps to avert a situation where uninsured depositors would pull their money from essentially healthy banks and all the nation's deposits ended up in big banks. They insisted the bank system is strong and there do not appear to be major problems with bank assets throughout the country. Uh, their holdings of treasury and mortgage-backed securities seem to be money good. The main problem, rates are up, bond prices are down, and that uh, creates large unrealized losses on the books of the banks. But not much default risk, which distinguishes it from the great financial crisis. Another major issue, how is this going to all affect Fed policy? The market is on the move this morning. Now a, wow, I didn't see this, 38% chance, it was 28 when I looked at it last, that the Fed does nothing next week versus 62% chance of a hike in a quarter. Remember, there had been a strong bet on a 50 base point rate hike last week before SVB blew up and after Fed Chairman Powell spoke. Okay, pricing for the peak rate, it's fallen to 495 now, had been as high as 569. Markets now betting that the banking crisis has taken a lot of the wind out of the Fed's rate hiking sales. I don't know if that's the case. All these unrealized losses at the banks, if they are given a timeout to say you've got a month to get your act together and start making sure that this is not going to come after you, if you look at the regional banks, even if some of the big banks have a huge number right. of these right. HTM. I, I, I was saying to Andrew in the commercial breaks last Friday, I didn't want to say it on air at the time, but... HTM to me seems like the new CDO, and all of these banks have this. I would look at this and say, okay, crisis averted, but is it mission accomplished? Okay, let me um, go through those two questions carefully. First is they have a year. The new Fed window that allows them to take their, $25 billion, which you can call well, it $250 billion 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 because you can do thing. it on. It's, it's an unlimited fund. It will cover all of right. the uninsured deposits in the country. 
you can take your treasuries and your mortgage-backed securities. And they'll pay it out at, for, for And you will get financing for, at par as opposed to market right. value. That's a big, big change. Are the banks all going to do that, though? Because they have a lot of this stuff out there. They don't necessarily have to, which is how I'm going to answer the second question, which is okay. it is valuable to spend a little time and talk about how SVB was unique. Everybody, you're right, has unrealized losses on their books. That's okay if you don't have a flighty deposit base. You know, you want to right. put together a, a bank and you, you basically got, got business from a bunch of runners, a bunch of sprinters, right. right? They were concentrated. They did not manage, they did not hedge their, their interest rate risk. They appeared to have a lousy duration right. of assets. So there are all kinds it, of things. It was long duration. Maybe, I think it was like right. six so and a half years So there are unrealized risks, or unrealized gains or losses on the banks, but that won't right. matter if everybody's not trying to pull their money out. Well, it, look, I, I think a lot of people on Main Street woke up and said, wait a second, this is it's something scary that I hadn't thought about before. And I think there are a lot of people, you made the point on Meet the Press where you were talking about the digital bank run for the first time ever where it's a lot like faster that, you can move you the can, money you can like i mean there's a lot of talk about what role guys like peter right. thiel and the but and that's, your vc I, people we had play. a lot of people who are screaming fire in a crowded theater that's what happened i mean i think people have to accept that that there is a element that that's can what happened in an age that? Of, I, I, I don't i don't i don't agree with that i don't think that works and in an age of social media though i think in an age of social media in an age of sort of the digital ability to actually move your money by the way you talk about Customers you want. One of the reasons nobody wanted to buy this bank over the weekend, beyond its own problems, is this is a flighty customer base. This is not a customer base that actually sticks with you. This is a customer base that got up and went on the basis of Peter Thiel and Fred Wilson no, and five others. It's not other, just that, Andrew. That's how it happened. It, it's not just that. Look, the reason nobody else wanted to step in and buy this is because what happened to J.P. Morgan when they bought Bear Stearns? Well, they got stuck reason. with that's all. Of, they got reason. stuck with all the garbage the Bear Stearns that, did before they that, took it over and got sued for it. That's another. Is there that's a bank that's going to step in for any you, other bank? I think that's another reason. But I think there were. First of all, I don't think that J.P. Morgan was even in the hunt in large part because, because of that. Of and I think that's it. But every other bank would think the same thing. There were a number of. But the government this weekend just. Put some reporting on this. What was trying? As opposed to the speculation around well, the table. No, was no, no, was was desperately trying to push a regional bank early on to buy it for different reasons because they didn't want a big bank to buy it. And it's not that's sold, by no the big way. Bank and it's not sold, it. and probably sold. will not be Andrew, bought at all. I want to, I want to lean on you, and now I'm going to turn the tables. Okay. So there's two scenarios here. One is, this is the Bear Stearns to the Lehman. Yep. Remember, yep. we took over Bear Stearns. We thought everything was going to be all right, right, and it was just a precursor, a curtain right. raiser to leave. I've okay, been thinking about that all weekend. That's metaphor number one. Yep. Metaphor number two is this is Groundhog Day. God, it was great to show we're here, and this time we got it right. So I think so we're this closer. time we're replaying the crisis, and instead right. of acting incrementally, right. instead of being ideological, I think, I think that's usually important. I think we're instead of being ideological about trying to make a point about moral hazard, which they right. did on the Lehman weekend, that we got right. it right. Which one is it, Andrew? I think we are closer. I think we're closer to the second, but I am convinced that over the next several uh, weeks and months, as we see not failures, I think there's going to be some flighty money. I, I don't think that. Simply Not saying over. that I don't think it's over simply that everyone says, OK, if I have my money at these regional banks, I think some people will move some money. This, the idea that there, nobody's going to move any money today, it would be I just don't I, believe. I, I think it would be crazy to not if you've got more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a bank because the FDIC insures up to two hundred and fifty thousand well, dollars. At this point, five hundred thousand dollars. But if there's joint account at this point, the goal is I mean, the entire purpose of what 
the government has said last night is to tell the American public, we've got your back. You are actually guaranteed, at least for now, okay, so across the board. We you, have just done... If you the, think this is but for a year, fire, remember, for a year, theater, but theater, but you still think there are more failures to come. I think that there are definitely, I think there are not, and I don't know if failures, I think there's going to be more mergers, I think it's going to be rocky, I think it's going to be bumpy, I think there's going to be a couple but, but of let scary me ask, moments. Let me answer Becky's question just before we go to break, which is that forgot what the my question was. bigger story, I think the question raised in your comment, the bigger story is why haven't we seen more of this to this point? We have right. been through the biggest interest rate increase by the Fed in 40 years. Yeah. It is not unusual. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, banks fail. Sometimes business models don't end up right. being appropriate for the environment right. we're in. And this it is not, not unheard of. But the reason why this is so, so and I don't, I'm not saying it's idiosyncratic, but the reason why this is so different, and by the way, why it is actually a bailout, is if this bank, SVB, had been some bank you'd never heard of in the middle of nowhere that didn't have clients like Peter Thiel and David Sachs screaming from the rooftops on Twitter and Jason Calcanis and all of these people, by the way, who give enormous amount of money to politicians who have this, this, in, this startup community, you can you know, drape your flag in the startup community that you're supporting. I don't believe that people would have said it was systemic. I don't. Everyone said, oh my goodness, look at the payroll. The pay these guys are not gonna be able to make payroll. This is terrible. I fear that had this been a, a, a bank in the middle of America that was uh, gonna, that, and farmers were gonna miss payroll, that we would have not had this Okay, but this can happen. I, can, and, wait, and it's wait a second. Terrible. This is, this is a, this is a, a top picture. 20 bank. It was number 16 in terms of the largest, largest banks out there. And, second largest failure and in history. I think you're probably right, and I think it's terrible to go along with this. However, I'm not I do saying it's terrible to go systemic. along with it. I'm saying I, I think I, you I have think to do it. I think this was going to be systemic. I, I think, think you this have was to do going it. to be systemic, and this was a top 20 bank. And I will turn the tables once again and say, how come none of the regulators saw this? If this is a top 20 bank that was not messing around with crypto or anything crazy, this was simply a case where they were buying treasuries. Well, they were just this so was a classic case. I have case. a separate. Can I just finish for one second? So this was a classic case where you are, you know borrowing short and lending long and this was with treasuries you know this is the stuff that they were they didn't do anything wrong well, they just got the risk assessment things, wrong and, and there the are two things going on in my mind one is that for the last call it 15 years the government we everybody has been focused um, almost specifically on the big banks Capital ratios, big banks, stress tests for the big banks. Yeah, but small the stress tests are wrong. But, but hold on. So, and we didn't focus on the small banks. And that was a terrible mistake. But the second component of but it is. But this wasn't a small bank. The second component of it is you had SVB and some of the smaller banks, Signature, the others, all lobbying for the last decade, since 2015. They're on record in the Senate, desperately lobbying to undo regulations that that were in Dodd-Frank, by the way, that might have helped uh, around the margins on this, but would have kept them from actually being put into a, being, being described as a, excuse me, systemically important bank. And why were they able to do that? Because they sat there in front of the Senate and said, we help small business startups, and we are a small bank, by the way, over here, and we need to be able to compete with the big banks. And that's what they told everybody. Uh, the Trump administration did not help anybody, and I don't mean to make this political, but if you go back and look at what Dodd-Frank was and what some of the rules that were taken away were, all of these things took place over the last yeah, it's a lesson, call it decade, Andrew, it's a lesson, and that's Andrew, one of the reasons we're here. It's a lesson in threshold management. How big was SVB? 
209 billion in assets. Right. What was the threshold for greater scrutiny? 250. The other answer to your question, Becky, is that in general, regulators spend an awful lot of time looking at the asset side of the equation. They don't spend a lot of time looking at the liability side, mm -hmm. the deposits. But the bigger, and then putting the those two issue things together. There was an accounting rule that says that if you're going to hold these to maturity, you don't have to take the unrealized losses or put it on your balance sheet. And, and right. in the stress test, we're saying everybody's really well, we've got a lot of liquidity, all these banks have a lot of liquidity, but we're not looking at that simple issue of mark to market. If you had to mark these things to market, where they would stand. And if you read the FDIC, it will tell you that unrealized losses of hold to maturity securities for the banks, as of the third quarter, which is September 30th, $368.5 billion. No, it's 600 now. Right. No, that's the unrealized losses that you don't have to hold to maturity. If you oh, look okay. at the unrealized oh, losses, it's $689.9 billion. But for the hold to maturity, that's the other component of it, which is $368.5 billion. That's the question. You know, none of that comes up in the stress test in any of these things. That's why I'm comparing it to the CDOs, because none of it's marked to market. That's my point. Okay. And we'll continue this conversation. Cheese will be next. Coming up, venture capitalist and Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian on what his community is feeling after three days of chaos. Most folks in tech and probably also finance are, are breathing a sigh of relief here. We're not out of the woods entirely, but, uh, but we're all feeling uh, a lot better about tens of thousands of folks being able to make payroll this week. Squawk Pod continues with coverage of the SVB failure and who's responsible for the panic at the weekend, right after this break. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old School Grit, New World Ideas, Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at tmobile.com slash now. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in Times Square after what was a wild weekend. We've got so much news to bring you. I'm Andrew Sorkin along with Becky Quick. Joe is off going through everything uh, that's been going on over the last 72 hours. Here's what you need to know about the big story of the morning. Federal regulators sweeping in now to guarantee the deposits of customers of the failed Silicon Valley Bank means that the bank's customers will have access to their money today, though I should tell you I just got an email from somebody in Silicon Valley who went to an ATM machine at a Silicon Valley bank. Couldn't get access just yet, so let's hope things open up in just a bit. Shareholders and bondholders in SVB, they're going to be wiped out. Regulators also taking over a second failing institution, Signature Bank of New York, saying it posed a systemic risk. Federal agencies will backstop its deposits as well. And I noted, I think just 10 minutes ago, Barney Frank happens to be on the board of Signature Bank. 
The Fed said it would provide financing to eligible banks and other financial institutions across the country by offering loans of up to a year. That's a move that's intended to try to prevent or avoid a wave of bank runs that could threaten the stability of the banking system. Effectively, Janet Yellen saying, keep your money where it is. You don't need to worry. It is effectively guaranteed uh, for the next 12 months and may give uh, some of these banks, the smaller banks that uh, may be having trouble, some time to get their acts together, maybe do some deals and other things, uh, but maybe less of uh, having to do that with the gun against their head. We want to bring in a prominent venture capitalist who tweeted over the weekend about the issues his firm was facing as a result of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Alexis Ohanian is the co-founder of Reddit and the founder of venture firm 776. And Alexis, I know this was a busy weekend for us for you. You want to walk us through what you were dealing with over the last 72 hours or so? Sure. You know, I, uh, like many of my peers, were spending the last 72 hours, and, and credit to my team as well, uh, really helping the founders in our portfolio who were affected. About 14% of the portfolio were fully exposed to SVB and, and spending the days trying to figure out ways to get them ready for payroll on Monday. And, and I should also disclose, you know, as I said, the uh, 776 was significantly exposed to SVB. Uh, and I stand here or sit here uh, feeling a sigh of relief that the government stepped up, that the Fed, you know, made sure to backstop this uh, at zero cost to taxpayers, which I think is important. And, uh, and everyone can sort of take a breath um, after the last three days. I think most folks in tech and, and probably also finance are, are breathing a sigh of relief here. We're not out of the woods entirely, but, uh, but we're all feeling uh, a lot better about tens of thousands of folks being able to make payroll this week, which is crucial. When you say 14% of the, the, the firms that you back were fully exposed, how many companies is that? Uh, oh, probably around 15, 14, 15. Um, we are, you know, the, the firm is only about three years old, um, and these numbers varied, uh, obviously, across the valley. Uh, but I do hope, you know, I think a lot of folks saw some... Uh, Ooh, pretty, pretty heated tweets from the community. You referenced some of them earlier. Uh, I do hope the very same folks using their platforms to spread alarm and concern uh, are also going to use those platforms to say, you know, thank you and appreciate the fact that you know, Secretary Yellen, the Fed, President Biden stepped up here uh, because it was a, a, a crucial need. And, you know, credit to folks, uh, Congressman Ro Khanna, uh, and folks going to get the word out uh, both publicly and behind the scenes to actually get some work done here. Yeah, Alexis, uh, this was something where it's probably not the ideal solution, but it would not have been the ideal solution to let uh, those deposits go to the wayside, too, and see kind of, I guess, experiment to play out what would happen if everything went down. But I think the questions people are starting to ask today is, and now what? Um, does this mean that all deposits everywhere are fully backed by the, by the government? If the FDIC doesn't have enough money to do that, what happens next? And I guess those are some of the big issues that we're trying to work our way through. Yeah, and, and one thing that shouldn't be lost either is we saw something that I don't think has a precedent here in the US, and, or, or maybe even anywhere, but you know, social media really was the home for this, uh, this contagion, right? It was almost this, this perfect storm, if you imagine the Venn diagram of people who bank with SVB, you know, entrepreneurs, founders of companies, uh, uh, folks in the extended business and, and tech community there in the Bay Area, and folks who are active on Twitter and social media. That Venn diagram is almost a circle. Hmm. And, and what we saw there is something that uh, I, I think we're all 
I hope, going to walk away from a lot more mindful uh, because you put founders, you know, in situations where within hours they were making really tough calls, uh, knowing that, you know, th these are these are not CEOs who are riding around on private jets, right? The vast majority of these founders are still trying to build up companies and, and solve really big problems, fighting cancer, climate tech, um, and, and need to make sure that they can make payroll under this sort of uh, duressful situation where, look, the legacy of SVB was for decades, they found a way to back entrepreneurs when very few other banks would without maybe uh, either some help from daddy or uh, a personal guarantee. You know, entrepreneurs weren't getting backing access and SVB was that. Uh, and, and I think I'm also curious to see what fills in that gap now, because I do think the big four long-term are gonna be winners for companies once they've raised, you know, tens of millions of dollars. But, you know, I'm in the business of being the very first check into entrepreneurs' companies. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to maybe a few million at most. So for these early stage companies, these nascent companies that we know many of whom will, will become significant contributors to American economy and innovation, they need a place to bank. And, and the big four aren't gonna be a home for those companies. Uh, those entrepreneurs still need a place to put their money to, to, to not really do anything special with other than make sure they're paying their bills. Alexis, uh, I've, uh, I've always admired your, your humble approach to all of this and I admire your, your thank you uh, about all this, but I'm so curious as you see so many others in the venture capital community over, over the weekend, especially online, screaming from the rooftops, uh, not only asking for a bailout, blaming the Federal Reserve, blaming, all, blaming everybody, uh, perhaps but themselves, um, and, and not necessarily taking the approach that you have this morning. And how you think that puts the venture capital community in what may be the crosshairs uh, as people think about things like carried interest and other regulations down the line. Yeah, look, this is, I think, I, I, I hope, I really do hope this will be a chance for all of us to take more stock and more reflection, right? At the end of the day, I, I take responsibility within my own firm of having that single point of failure. Uh, and I think every one of us as leaders need to understand that we have this, we have a weight and it's something, it's a platform. I know this is going to sound weird uh, and maybe a little surprising, but I think there are many people in tech and in VC that, that may not even fully understand and appreciate the, the, the impact that they have. And I think for many of us, there were a number of calm voices, a lot of you know, amazing venture capitalists uh, working both publicly and privately uh, to be a sober voice of reason for their founders, uh, to be pushing for these things and asking for these things, but doing so in ways that don't cause more panic. And so that, that's what I'd ask my peers to, to reflect upon. You know, we're in an age where, yeah, and I'm, I'm not, this is not to blame Twitter. I'd say social media as a whole, but especially Twitter uh, in this case, uh, can be a place for ideas to spread quicker than ever. Uh, we, saw, we saw folks posting, I mean, outright misinformation about some of these banks over the weekend, um, who also a few tweets earlier admitted that they held short positions in those same companies, right? This is, you, you can see the receipts. It is... This is a new era for us as an economy, uh, for us figuring out this distribution of media. And, and I think, yes, there's a responsibility borne by every one of us, uh, especially those of us who have platforms of influence. And, and this was so much of what my team and I debated and talked about in those uh, you know, 36 hours was the signal that we would send 
telling all of our founders the language that we would use. We, we, we tried so hard to be as careful as we could to provide the best information and support we can. Uh, also knowing that, it, it, you know, what we say has a tremendous impact. And it's not just the 100 companies in our portfolio, it's the 100 other founders that they know and the 1,000 other people or the hundreds of thousands of people following on Twitter that, uh, that pay attention. And, and so I hope it gives us all a moment to take that stock and, and do better. Uh, and I, look, I'm, I'm one of the first that needs to do it. But just the idea of there being people who were short this thing spreading misinformation. I mean, as you said, there are receipts. And if the SEC didn't have enough to do already, Here's one more thing for them to dig back through. Alexis, right now, because of this, the way it's stepped in, all of your firms are okay? They're all going to make payroll? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously, everyone's still, uh, uh, you know, holding their breath. But I feel like we have, uh, we've breathed a huge sigh of relief. And I'm here at Austin, here at South By. And and so no shortage of startup CEOs and founders who were uh, sleeping a lot easier last night as a result. And, and I do think, look, there's more to come from this. There, there still needs to be a real solution in the market to provide that kind of just, just simple banking for early stage companies that need a place to put their cash. Um, but yeah, for, as it seems right now, everyone's making payroll and you know, we're, we're, you know, CEOs are able to get back to work. And, and more importantly, the employees of these companies know, you know their bills are gonna get paid this week. Andrew brought up um, some points earlier that I had not really realized with the bank. The idea that if you're a founder and you put your, your company's money there from your shareholders, you could get a better deal on your personal loans at the bank if you promise to keep mm. all your money there. Is that mm. the sort of thing that you'd heard of before? And should those policies be, be allowed? Oof. Now, I'm not a banking expert, but I, I think when we start getting really cute, we start getting cute with this sort of thing, uh, this is where these problems emerge. And I, I do think there's going to be another round of scrutiny around those 2018 rollbacks. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, the biggest need for entrepreneurs and for these emerging companies is a place to put their cash where they know there's nothing terribly cute happening behind the scenes. Everyone is taking all the right precautions. And, uh, and, and I do think the market is going to provide some kind of an answer for that because it needs to. It needs to fill that role SVB had. Yeah. Alexis, thank you. We appreciate your time this morning. Next on Squawk Pod, one of those founders trying to survive the Silicon Valley Bank fire, head of camp Ben Kaufman. I'm no expert in banking. I've run a toy store. What I felt on Friday and what a lot of entrepreneurs felt was that in, in a lack of clarity, the only thing we had was the assets in our business and our customer base and the loyalty we had for our brand. And that's what we leveraged to survive. We'll be right back. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now. We're back. Squawk Pod after the bank maybe bailout. On our TV broadcast this morning, we heard from a startup founder named Ben Kaufman from the toy and kids experience company Camp. Kaufman is a serial entrepreneur. He previously ran a product platform company called Quirky that developed gadgets you might use around the house, like a flexible power strip or better sponge dishes. His new company Camp is venture-backed, 
with an account at Silicon Valley Bank. Now, Camp sent an email Friday afternoon to its customer distribution list. This ricocheted around parent circles that it would be slashing prices and offering sales to help fund the business. In the email, Kaufman said basically all of Camp's money was tied up in one bank on the brink. It needed cash to keep going, and customers could use the code BANKRUN to save 40% on all merchandise. Andrew takes things from here. Nice to see you, sir. Good to see you. It's been a long time. It sure has. What a weekend you just lived through. It's, but I, uh, I have to imagine best. you got a smile on your face. It's got to be a little bit better right now. A little, a little bit better. I mean, the second week of March, the weekend just sent, tends to have a bad, you know, a, a bad. Yeah, so yeah exactly. you're thinking about Bear Stearns right now. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. I mean, it was my, my my middle kid's birthday, and last time it was his birthday that was this memorable was COVID. Wow. Uh, so it was like the same. Same thing. Same thing. So, yeah. how concerned are you right now in terms of where things stand, making payroll and the like? Uh, we actually just heard from a customer in Silicon in Silicon Valley who had gone to an ATM machine, uh, still says closed. Yeah. Um, what we feel we feel good right now based upon the outpouring of of support we saw from our customers over the weekend. So. Uh, when it was unclear if we were going to have access to our funds, we put up a sale. We emailed our customers and said, we'll give you a discount if you support right. us. We redirected those, those like customer receipts to Chase. And, right. um, Why know. did you use Silicon Valley Bank to begin with? Uh, you know, when we were starting out, they were one of the only banks to provide us with a, a line of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Meaning if you had gone to J.P. Morgan or Bank of America, they didn't want to give you That's credit? right. That's right. And, okay. um, and part of the stipulation of having a line of credit with them was that you had to keep your, your deposits with them. Right. Um, Can I ask a question about that? Because yeah. I've heard a lot about this over the weekend from a number of founders who, who said, some said you had to keep all of your deposits with them. Others said that there were just certain thresholds to capture uh, certain, certain rates. Yeah. Meaning, meaning the loan rate obviously was lower the more deposits you kept on, uh, inside the bank. We no longer had a line of credit with them, so uh, uh, that is ancient history for us. But okay. like everything was tied up in there, um, you know, all of our accounts were tied right. to SVB. Um, but at the time when we did have a line of credit, we did have to keep 100% of our deposits there. You had to keep 100%. Yeah, that was the rule. That was the rule. Separately, let me ask you another piece of this actually that relates to this. A number of founders over the weekend said, "Look." If you wanted to get a personal mortgage, they would offer you amazing rates for a personal mortgage on the personal side of your life. Yeah. If your business on the business side of your life, right? Yep. Kept all its money there. I was never that fortunate, but uh, but yeah, I, I imagine that was happening. I know people that that had happened to. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yep. Back that up. That's pretty important. Yep. That you would do that to get the personal favor and put your business at risk and then pay for your business. Unfortunately, this has been a a, a long running uh, practice of the banking business. You know, a bank takes a company uh, public, then their wealth management guy walks over to you and says, hey, we'd like to do business with you. And by the way, you just did this wonderful business with us using your shareholders money. And now we'd also like to help you over here and we'll get you some great rates because you used us in this way. So this happens. The question is, should it? And how should that work in the future? Uh, I'm no expert in banking. I've run right. a toy store. Uh, but you know what, what, what I felt on Friday and what a lot of entrepreneurs felt was that in, in a lack of clarity, the only thing we had was, was the assets in our business and our customer right. base and the loyalty we had for our brand. And that's what we right. leveraged to what survive. What would you do differently now? Because a lot of people say this is a, you know, depositors are blameless, right? Yeah. 
And we were having a conversation about that because there's a moral hazard to saving all depositors if $250,000 was the insured amount. Yep. A lot of smart fans. These are not, I shouldn't say, by the way, these depositors, for the most part, are not just, you know, anybody on the street who knows nothing. These are business leaders like yourself. Yeah, I, listen, I, I feel like the, um, the situation was hard for people like us. I, again, I'm not a banking expert. I'm not right. even a finance person. I'm, I'm a creative that, You're an entrepreneur. Uh, that, that we, builds, we that builds that. things. And, uh, and you know, we, we did what, what our investors, you know, uh, and others, in, uh, you know, guided That's us what I was towards, say, which did is the, SVB the, is like such a beloved institution. You, you had a number of, of, of venture capital investors early. Of course, yeah. And they were the ones who directed you over there. Yeah, you know, when we were looking for a line of credit, um, they, they helped make those calls and, um, and get, and get us into the bank. I'll, I'll say, I went through their financial statement just from January 19th. So a couple of months ago, less than yep. two months ago, they were going through this. They said at the time, while broader market conditions are limiting growth and driving somewhat higher credit costs, we continue to see strength in our underlying business. We believe we remain well positioned with a strong balance sheet and the resources and expertise to manage successfully through the current environment. And all the pages through it, if you look through what's there, they were talking about their average deposit balance for 2023 would only be down mid-single digits in a decline. Lots of pronouncements in here, and it fooled a lot of people who are savvy investors. I don't know why like, the depositors would necessarily have a better idea than they did. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we're already doing hard stuff, right? Startups right. are hard, retail is hard, right. D2C products are hard, you know, experiential is hard, and now, you know. So final this, question, this is, this is actually what I worry about, because it's actually a hard question, only because I think I know the answer. You, if, let's assume you get your money back today and over the next week. Yep. What are you going to do with that money? Right now, our plan is to have it at, at Chase. Um, right. That's where things are going. But um, you so know, our, see, our CFO is looking into right. making sure that maybe but it's So this is the issue you know. that I think we actually all have to focus on, which is my understanding is that every person I know at J.P. Morgan Chase for the last 72 hours, the phone is ringing off the hook. Can you open an account for me? Can you set up an account for me? This is happening at Bank of America. Can all the big banks. And this goes to the sort of the flight uh, of money and whether that persists and continues even after this situation, because what we really want is actually money to stay put right. at, at the regional banks where they are. Yeah, that makes sense. Ben, we thank you for joining us. Nice thanks to for see having you. me. We hope Appreciate everything's it. okay. And thanks to our customers for the keep, outpouring of support over the weekend. Keep us updated. Okay, thank you. Ooh, that is Squawk Pod for today on this very busy news day. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. That is on TV weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And in this podcast, available every day, you can listen anytime. Tell us what you think of Squawk Pod. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC or write a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. And thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs>